welcome to the Church Brand Guide podcast. This is Michael Prasad. Today, we are going to be looking deeply into the idea of brand and creating a brand which helps you control the perception that people have of your church. We're going to unpack what a good logo looks like, and we're going to talk about beyond the logo, uh, what you can begin to do as a church to establish your brand beyond just having a a great logo in place, because a a brand really is not just about a logo, and uh, it includes a lot of other things. So in our episode today, we have a couple guests that are amazing. Um, They actually have an agent and uh, they create brands for various organizations. Um, They create videos, websites, and uh, they really know what they're talking about. So they bring it really strong today to help you begin to understand what is a brand, how can you begin to establish it, and um, what what does it start to look like for you? So uh, just to let you know, we, we do talk about logos. There are actually five different types of logos, and I wanted to unpack that for you real quick. So going into our conversation, you can have this information. So first of all, there's a symbol logo. You might recall Apple. Apple Computers has this logo. It's an apple with a bite taken out of it. That's a symbol. It symbolizes the whole company. Um, Shell, Shell Oil is another one where you have that, sh- that seashell that represents the, the gas stations and, and the, the company. There's also a word mark. So if you think about Facebook or uh, Disney, basically it's a, it's a font or a script that is the logo. There's no other mark with it. It's just the, the font itself that becomes the logo. There's a letter mark, which um, if you think about HP or GE, those are the initials of the company, and they, they become the logo, just uh, stylized in a certain way. Um, there's also a combination mark. So that's where you, you've got a mark and a font that come together to then create a brand, uh, to create that logo for the brand. So if you think about Adidas or Sprint, um, those are uh, a word with a mark that, that work together. And then the, the fifth uh, type of logo is an emblem. So that's almost like a, uh, a shield or a badge, a crest, something like that. If you think about the NFL logo, uh, that shield is, a, is an emblem that represents the league. Starbucks uses an emblem that represents them. With churches, we have found that the combination mark is a very strong way to go to create a, a, a nice logo for a church. That, so again, that, that's where you have a mark and a font together that um, represents the, the, the organization. The, the powerful way to use this is that you can use the font and the mark together, and then you can also use the mark by itself. So you can you know, put that mark on a coffee mug or a t-shirt, and then it, it could stand alone uh, by itself. So that's why we found it to be a nice, a nice thing for uh, many churches. Um, it's not the only way to go. It's just a, a nice way to go if you're trying to decide for your church what to do, uh, it's a starting point to, to at least look into. So we're going to get into our conversation right now with Adam and Chase, and they have designed a new software. It's an application called Brand Cards, and it's basically designed to help you store your logo files and all the branding elements, colors, fonts, different things like that, all in one place. So you can access it whenever you need it. And also you could send it out to different people who might be working with your logo, and uh, it creates a nice consistent flow. So we unpack the software, but we talk um, a lot about what is a brand, what is a good brand, what are good starting points um, that you as a church need to be um, looking into to help you establish this, this brand. And again, the, the, the power behind a brand is that you're controlling the perception that people have of your church. So you have a perception, whether you know it or not, you've got a perception in there, out there in, in the community. But if you're intentional about branding, then you can control what that perception needs to be so it's, a, it's in alignment with the vision God has given you. So let's get into our conversation right now. We're going to welcome uh, Adam and Chase, and we're going to talk about brand. All right, welcome everyone to the Church Brand Guide podcast. Today I'm here with a couple of guests that are going to be unpacking for us a a new uh, software that they just released. It's something that I came, uh, kind of stumbled onto a couple weeks ago, and when I saw it, I was like, man, I got to reach out to these guys and, and see what the story is behind it. So we'll unpack the story of brand cards here in just a moment, but first, let me welcome Adam and Chase to the podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Excellent. So, Adam, let's start with you. What's your story? How did you get to this point where uh, where you're designing some software? 
Yeah, well, um, I would first like to start out by saying I know nothing about designing software. Uh, <laughs> really on a stage for that. Uh, so if it was up to me, it would probably just still be an idea floating out in space somewhere. But uh, we uh, partner with Chase, who who works with the team, with the company I have uh, and started with uh, David Nestor was called Beyond Creative, and we are a service provider, creative agency, where we do video work. Uh, design work and uh, church work, or web web work rather. Uh, work a lot with churches, a lot with ministries, a lot with nonprofits. And one of the things that I mentioned we do is branding work. And there was always this awkward moment when we would uh, get done with designing the brand, and it, it comes to this handoff time, this delivery of all the assets. And uh, we were probably like a lot of most people were frustrated by that process. And so we wanted to come up with a solution that would help make that easier and better. And one of the examples we use is if you've ever designed anything, uh, done a logo for somebody, it ends up about you know three or four years later, you get like some frantic call from the client who you haven't talked with in three or four years, and they're like, hey, I need that, I need that logo. I need it in an EPS. I'm trying to print some T-shirts or whatever we're trying to do here. And it's last minute, and they've got to have it, and they lost the, the file, or they never had it to begin with uh, that they knew of, and or they're trying to figure out what is the font that they used, or what is their exact color, and the problem is, is it's been so long, you don't have that anymore, at least very accessible. It might be on some archaic hard drive that you archived off, um, but you are like, man, who are you again, and what's going on, and now you've got to try and solve their problem. And so we were like, man, isn't there a better way to do this? And we really found out there, there really wasn't. There's some tools out there that kind of work, but not like we wanted them to. Um, Dropbox is a uh, somewhat of a solution, but we all know the clunkiness and the craziness of Dropbox. It's, man, was I invited to that folder? Do I have access to it? Did it move? You know, what's going on? And it's not the best solution. So we, we said, what can we do? So Chase, being the brilliant uh, web designer and uh, engineer that he is, um, we got together and we started to try and really just try and hack something together to prove a theory that we could make this work. And so skip forward, we now have a product called Brand Cards. And the whole theory, the whole idea behind it is it is the best way the most nice-looking, the best organized, most flexible, shareable way to then deliver and then to share and to manage brand tools. Um, so think of it as a visual Dropbox, um, and you can then from there create whatever you want. You create these cards that we call them, and they're really just ways of organization to then make it really flexible for whatever you want. Um, on our site, which is getbrandcards.com, we have multiple um, use case examples. We have three options that kind of show you this looks different for each brand. Um, and for us specifically, you know, I mentioned we do a lot of work with churches. We've worked in churches and for churches. And uh, we've all had that, you know, time where an assistant somewhere is trying to carry out a project and they need the logo. Well, part of the problem is they don't even understand the root of what the logo they need or what file type they need. They're just trying to complete a job, complete a task. And so they're taking something that was meant for web and maybe sending it to the T-shirt printer or something that should not be scaled very big and putting it on a billboard or trying to push a huge file into some sort of web deal that's now clunky to download, and it just doesn't work right. So what this gives them is not only the organization of uh, being able to organize the tools, but we've also built in or looking to even develop more um, education. So here's what these various file types mean. And you can not only is that inherent within the um, brand cards itself that we're providing, but brand cards allows you to do a little write-up or attach files to it that give direction for that specific file, that specific asset. Um, you can put colors in there. We have a way of creating and having all the different um, color uh, numbers in there so you're doing exactly the right color. You can actually put the fonts in there. You can show how it's used. You can show what to do 
not to do. Make examples of that. You can put associated files with it. Um, all the different things that you need uh, for a brand, you can put in there. You can build. And the cool thing is, is you can share it. For us, um, we went through when I was the creative director at James River. I went through a uh, a slight. Uh, rebranding, and so we, we changed the logo. Well, that was somewhat of a nightmare for a little bit because the logo, as you know, when you send out a logo, it's on everyone's different computer, on their desktop. It's on um, you know, all these different drives, and so even the confusion of trying to tell somebody, oh, here's where the logo is. It's on the C drive, and it's marked you know, file, master, version 2, um, not use this one only. I mean, you get crazy file names because it gets changed. And um, so we had to reel back all these old files, and it was kind of a nightmare to get that back. The beauty of something like brand cards is you can always keep that up to date. Whoever's managing that account, just make sure the latest and the greatest is in that brand card. And then all of your team members now know just reference that, that online platform and it's always going to be up to date. Or working with different vendors, you're able to easily share a link and they can get access to just the files they need and even more. They, they, they can now reference fonts and different things um, that they might need that you didn't expect that they need. So that's kind of the long way of saying what did we do and why did we do it. Yeah, that's great. I, I think you just explained and described my world and any other designer uh, that's out there. Well, and I could tell too, like you, you've been in this, you've been living it because you're so passionate and you described with such clarity kind of the, the frustrations that all the creative people out there are feeling when it comes to files and logos and, and being able to share and update and get the right ones out there. So I, I guess with that in mind, uh, you, you really created a solution that works for yourself. It solves a, a pain point that you've had personally, and because you're a designer, you're actually sh you're sharing it with the world of people that have the exact same um, uh, issues that you just described. So I guess um, just for our audience, you mentioned that you were a creative director at a, at a large church. Can you can you speak to more more to your uh, kind of your background in, in church world? Uh, can you unpack that for us a little bit? Yeah, so I was uh, creative director at James River Assembly in Ozark, Missouri, for a number of years, where I oversaw the video, the branding, the web, stage design, um, social media, all that stuff uh, was under my portfolio. And um, man, really enjoyed it, really loved it. But with all the love, come just some you know, frustrations of time of trying to communicate uh, to the church and then also to a large staff um, to make sure everybody's up to date and on message. And with a church like that that is moving a thousand different directions, um, that, can be, that can be difficult sometimes. Um, but tools like this can help make that a lot easier. I really wish I would have had this tool when I was there. It would have it made that uh, process a lot easier for sure. Yeah. And then also, uh, just for a, a minute, then we'll get over to, uh, to Chase here and just, just a little bit introduce him. But uh, you work with um, Beyond Creative right now, which is a creative agency. And can you describe uh, some of the stuff that you do right now with that, that company? Yeah, so we're a, a digital agency myself, and David Messner founded that uh, coming up on three years ago. Um, before that, or years ago, even before working at the church, we worked together at another agency that David had. And uh, we do video, uh, design, branding, and um, web projects for customers, all different kinds, whether it be for-profit or non-profit. But we really lean towards... Uh, a lot of nonprofit work, a lot of ministry work, and we love telling stories and communicating the client's stories um, in creative ways, um, in strategic ways. That's really an emphasis that we put on it is developing uh, strategy for each project that we have so that we're not just you know, being creative for the sake of being creative, but we really have a plan and a long-term approach with each client. I, excellent. So you're you're in the mix. Uh, you're with us. You're uh, you're doing this stuff all the time, day in and day out. So yeah. So um, you're using the product. I feel your pain. Yes, <laughs> that's what caught my eye. I think uh, when whenever I saw the little promo video, uh, it just like it was like wow. That's that's they know they know what I'm feeling and uh, the the design and everything is really slick. We'll get into that in just a little while. 
Right now, though, I guess that's, uh, that's where we can talk to Chase just a bit. So, Chase, can you tell us your story? How did you get to this point where you're working on software? Sure, yeah. You know, I, uh, I never thought that I would be doing that particularly. I Actually, my background is in the church world. I went to Bible college and uh, worked on a master's at a seminary. And, uh, you know, there was this funny, I remember a specific point where I had sat through a, a Greek class all day studying ancient Greek and then went home that night and I had done some design work for freelance kind of through college. And I kept having people say, do you do websites? Well, no, do you do websites? It only takes so many times before you finally say yes and try to figure it out as you go. And so there was this night where I had studied Greek all day and then I came home and I'm trying to teach myself PHP and CSS and HTML. And so it was not planned, but it sort of just became a tool that really helped me move through college and sort of helped me uh, uh, be able to pay the bills through that process. And so even today, I uh, planted a church four years ago. I'm bivocational, so I work with the team of Beyond Creative four days a week and then pastor as well on top of that. So it's, uh, it's really good to be able to be on the podcast and be able to just talk to pastors about the resource because I think you hit on it well. You know, it's not just the creative side, but the ministry side. Uh, we really have a heart for it. We feel like it's something we don't just do as client work, but it's something we're a part of as well. And so it's, uh, it's become kind of an interesting and fun sort of combining of these worlds coming together. Yeah, so with you, you've got a very unique perspective as a pastor. Um, can you speak to maybe any pastors that are listening out there, like why, why something like brand cards? Well, let, let's take it beyond just like the, the, the actual software. Why, why is a brand important? Can you speak to that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You, uh, as a pastor, part of what you end up doing is you end up recognizing what God is doing in a unique way in a particular place with a particular group of people. Uh, a big part of what I understand my role is as pastor is just to help people recognize and see that. What's God doing here? What's God doing in your life? And uh, as you know, sometimes trying to help people see that is, is a difficult process. And what a church name does, a church brand does, all these tools to try to communicate that is, is it really gives you the opportunity to be able to put language and image and words and give shape and help people start to understand the context of what God is doing in their lives and in this particular place. And so, sure, I mean, we're probably going to get into brand cards creates Adobe Swatch color files. Like, yeah, there's all sorts of technical stuff. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is say, how can we just put all of these tools in place so that as a pastor is recognizing what God is doing and trying to communicate that to a community and a group of people, then instead of having to wrestle so hard for these tools, we can put some of those things at his or her disposal to be able to reach for and help communicate that better. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not too uncommon, this talk, conversation about branding, than what pastors try to do in conversations and in sermons. And it's how do we show our people what God is doing here in a unique way is really kind of the heart of what we see pastoral ministry to be, but then also some of these tools that we're building as well. Yeah, and Adam, I love uh, your background too as a, um, as a creative director. Can you define in the, in the church context, like what is brand? Maybe start with that. Like what, what is brand when it comes to a church? I think a lot of churches struggle with what that is. Is it marketing? Is it, you know, so can you define what that is? Yeah, um, for me, it's, you know, the sum of all the perceptions of what people think you are and who you are and what you do. And brand is, is not a logo. Um, that's, part, that's part of the brand, but that's, that's, not, that's not exactly what it is. And it, it's not photos, but it includes photos. It's not messaging, but it is messaging. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's who people say you are and what you do. And so it's a way of packaging that to consistently drive that message so that people are saying the right things, that they're on message. You know, your brand as a church should be full of life and should be exciting and should be engaging and draw people in. Um, and it gives people context and a language and a way of talking about who you are. So as people experience your brand, it's going to basically give them the language and the things to say and the conversation points um, for, for who you feel your church is and who God wants you to be so that you can push that out to the community the right way. And, and with Chase, as a pastor, you have your own church. Um, so in your mind, what does a good church brand look like? What are you working towards with your church? 
You know, so we're a small church, so probably there's plenty of people that are asking that same question or in the same context I am. We don't have an internal design team. We don't have sort of a bunch of volunteers with Photoshop sort of ready to go. So for us, it's sort of easing our way into it, but doing it with sort of the intentionality that says we want this to be true of who we are, and we want to be able to start giving words and giving sort of expression to what people in the congregation understand us to be. So there's nothing worse, as you probably know, working with some clients than sort of seeing what another church is doing and saying, if only we go have a logo and colors like that, our church is going to grow. Well, most people see through that pretty quickly. So what we try to spend a lot of time doing is we're kind of easing our way into it as, as a smaller church is how do we do what we are with excellence the best that we possibly can and be a strategic and intentional with it as possible. And so for us, that really comes through in, you know, we have a church logo, we have uh, a way that we talk about who the church is, and we want that to be clear, we want it to have a story, we want it to be sort of uh, connect with what we sense God doing in that particular place. And that's, uh, that's really helped us sort of start to carve out an understanding of who the church is and what it is to belong and be a part of that particular church. Yeah, I, um, man, I love this conversation. I, uh, so we've got a pastor, basically, and, and then also a creative director. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, wow, we, we've got kind of the best of both worlds going on. Um, Adam, I'll come back to you, though. With, um, in a very practical sense, what does a church need to do in order to start developing a strong brand? You know, I think what church needs to do is I think the first thing that they tend to do is trying to get together and come up with, you know, what's, what's our look. And I don't necessarily uh, know that that's the best thing. I think the best thing is for them to get in a room and spend some time, uh, you know, strategically identifying these words that, of who they want to be. Hey, in five years down the road, who do we hope that people say we are? Is it, man, they're a church that is friendly? Is there a church that serves the community? Or they, you know, they really preach the word of God? Um, and so what are, what are those, those words boiled down? And then kind of work backwards, say, well, how are we going to get there? What are the, if that's who we are, if that's who we want to be, and, and who God's called us to be, then what are we going to do to put in place to represent that well? You know, if, if, it's, if it's community, well, in a community-based church, well, we really need to put some stories out there and some images out there, um, and our language needs to represent on a regular basis that that's who we are, that we are, we are positioned to serve the community, to reach the community. Um, if we're more of a, hey, we are a, um, a church that really focuses on kids' ministry and, and young families, well, then on our, our website and in our literature and in what we say and what we talk about, what we emphasize, it better be about kids' ministry and young families. Um, so I think it's starting with let's, let's get together and let's just talk and figure out who we are, what, what we're going to focus on. Because you can't be everything, and there's a lot of churches out there that try to be everything. And when you do that, I think that's when you start to get a little uh, schizophrenic, and, a little, and, and it's hard to keep up with that. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think you're, uh, you're familiar, of course, because you created the software, but you're familiar with the idea of a brand guide, some sort of document that, that creates a uh, definition of everything you talked about. It's not only um, maybe colors and fonts and visuals, but it's also maybe the, uh, the messaging and um, some other things. Can you unpack for our audience, like, what is a brand guide and um, how, how that can help to get your brand solidified in the minds of your people? Yeah, yeah sure. I can, I can take a stab at that yeah, one. I'll, I'll um, just, it'll be good for Chase. So go ahead, Chase. Yeah, it, you know, it, uh, we always we kind of say this with clients a lot. Uh, we always say that a brand is not as good as what the designer hands off at the end. A, de- a brand is good as the organization's ability to implement it. Because just because you have amazing artwork and amazing files that you pay the designer to create doesn't mean that you have a brand. That brand doesn't actually mean anything or have value until it starts to get used and it starts to get experienced and you start to develop it out beyond even those original files. And so uh, I think we sort of know this to be true with anything, that if we don't put intentionality and effort, everything's going to begin to drift and sort of fall apart. That happens in a whole lot of other areas besides branding. But you can't just buy a logo, 
hand it out to everyone on your staff and assume that two or three years later you're going to have a consistent brand. Really the work of branding is about resourcing the people, whether that be volunteers or designers, staff people, freelancers you may hire or companies you may work with. So a brand guide is really just trying to say, how do we lay out some, some parameters, some constraints about how we see this brand being used best? How do we put within that tools that could help make the process easier for designers or volunteers down the road to be able to use this stuff that we're creating? And uh, help us sort of guide the process of implementing, because that's the real work of branding at the end of the day. Very good. Yeah, so we, uh, we have a lot of churches that um, when we come across them, and I'm sure in your experience when you work with churches or nonprofits, they, um, they don't have a defined uh, way of doing things. And so one of the first things we try to do is put some definitions in, into place with um, some sort of brand guide or brand document. So it seems like uh, brand cards is a, a wonderful step. I'm, I'm fairly new to it, so I need to play around with it some more. But it seems like this is just a great tool that we can start to use to help, um, help these churches um, and ministries and organizations that we work with start to get that clarity that a, that a brand guide can, uh, can, can provide. So let me ask you, as far as the, the software itself, how is it meant to be used as like an, an, an organization using it? Or is it like for graphic design uh, companies? Or how do you intend it to be used? Yeah, you know, right now it's kind of built for both. At the, at the end of the day, we know that at some point your church is probably working with a designer, whether that's somebody on your team or whether somebody you're hiring. And so at, that's the person that's really creating these files and really setting up some of the constraints and the parameters around the brand. So we wanted to be able to give that designer a tool that let them present the visual decisions that they've made with as much clarity as they possibly could. So we think it works really, really well when you put brand cards in the hands of a designer to set up the brand. But at the end of the day, you're going to have a lot more people than that designer actually needing access to those files and using it. And that's where the, the cooperation comes really powerful. If a designer or someone on your team can set up the brand and give the guidelines, and put in the descriptions, put the associated files together, and then they can distribute that to volunteers or a team, it really empowers them to know, hey, this is the, the most up-to-date information and files I can access. I can get to it from anywhere. I don't have to try to navigate some complicated shared folder system or try to track down a print version of the brand guidelines. It gives us sort of a centralized point that really makes collaborating and sharing all of those files a lot easier than what most of us have probably traditionally worked with. Yeah, very good. So so the uh, I guess you were saying earlier, I think it was Adam, that uh, this kind of stemmed out from you know, you're trying all sorts of different things to uh, allow you to share the files. You're, you're trying Dropbox. You're, you're doing complicated file naming systems. And um, so that really drove a lot of the, the, um, the design in, in how you built the, the brand cards. Can, can you speak? Maybe it's, maybe it's Chase since you're the developer. Maybe, um, maybe it's you who can speak more towards the design. Like how, why did you design the software like you did? Yeah, well, okay, so you bring up the point really well. Like, who hasn't dug into some old artwork files, and you end up with things like, you know, you get these file names, full size, CMYK, final, and then somebody's tacked on updated version 2. I mean, they get sort of crazy. We've all seen them before. And you're supposed to navigate which one of these get used when. Well, what we said at the end of the day is, in a brand, you put all of this effort and and in many times when you're hiring a designer, a lot of money into making the right visual decisions, the, the way things look and aesthetically how they work together. And then you try to communicate all of that thinking in file names, which just does not communicate well all of the decisions that have been made. So we said from the very beginning, we wanted the way that we organized files to be visual. We wanted to reinforce the way that they're used and reinforce the visual decisions the designer has made. And so the first thing you'll see right off the bat with a tool like Brand Cards is it puts the artwork, it puts the logos, it puts the colors and the typography. They're center stage. I mean, honestly, if you, if you look at it, we've got demos on the site. It almost looks like a portfolio, like you would hand off at the end of a, uh, to a client to sort of pass off all the work you've done. Because we want to make it simple for somebody to come in and visually look and see, this is the file I'm looking for. Here are the related files that go with it, and here's a set of instructions about using it. We just think that's going to be – you're going to be much more likely to get what you actually need when it's visual than when you're trying to navigate some of these complicated file names and folder systems. 
Yeah, I think um, as a designer, there's when I design a logo or when when we're working on uh, a logo, there's a lot of thought that goes into every single aspect of the logo. There's a meaning behind everything: the color, the font, the the why things are designed the way that it's at, why it's designed the way that it is. So to have a system that helps you document that, um, as a just uh, speaking on a designer side of things. Um, it's almost like it's your child after a while. And if somebody messes with it and they, <laughs> they do something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Designers experience the pain of having to watch that happen. So sure. And it's always well intended, but you wish when you see it go, go wrong, you wish that there was a better way to help. Cause you know, at the end of the day, the people who are using these files, they want to do it right. They're not intentionally trying to destroy the decisions you've made, but by and large, we just haven't done a good job as designers of setting them up for success, of giving them the types of files they need and the education around what different file types are used for, which we've tried to build into the app and then just giving it to them in a way that makes it easy for them to find what they're looking for. Uh, we think if we can solve those problems, then hopefully as designers, we don't have to experience as much of the pain of seeing it all sort of break down slowly after we've handed it off. Yeah, and I think part of that pain is not only because it's our creation, so to speak, but um, we know that if it's if it's used the way that it's meant to be used, that it can really help the organization communicate yeah. their vision and, and who they are extremely well. And we just don't want to see that get messed up. I think that's kind of the, the bigger picture part of it. Hey, uh, Adam, you guys designed with Beyond Creative. You design brands all the time and logos. Can you talk about your design process? Like what goes into designing a logo? Yeah, for us, uh, we really try to take this step by step. We kind of have a uh, theory uh, that we call with our clients. It's called No Surprises. Our goal is not for us to say, okay, we'll do your logo, and then we go hide away and no communication for six weeks, and then we magically appear with this finished brand. We want to keep the client, um, their expectations, um, and just them in the loop the entire time. And so we have a series of steps that we take them through. The first ones are very much uh, conversational where we are just walking through, hey, what are your expectations for this? What are you looking for? Um, what to you does this look like in the, in the end? And that's where we learned if, if they have very specific expectations or very wide open expectations. Um, and then we start to kind of flesh things out. What we'll typically do is that some sort of look board um, at this time, we'll, we'll pull things. Here's what we hear you saying. Here's kind of some of our ideas. We, we, we're looking at this type of shape or this type of image or this type of feel, and we'll gather things from around the Internet that we just kind of pull together and we say, this is, this is what we think. This is, this is kind of uh, the summation of what's in our mind right now. Um, and this is right now a really good time for us to engage on, is this right? Because that's a lot easier at that, at that angle and that stage to determine this, was, this is a misstep. Um, and so from there we refine, yes, they like this, they don't like this, they're leaning towards this. Um, and then we start the process of now, now kind of scrunching all that down, all that data down into now how are we going to flesh this out. And then from there we go into a series of um, you know, presentations. Hey, here's what we're hearing. Here's the next step we can refine. Here's some fonts. Um, we always design everything in black and white to begin with, um, and that's hard sometimes for clients because they they want to see it all glammed up. And what we say is, if it works black and white, we can always add color and textures and, and different things. <laughs> to make it pop, but if it's if we make this thing full color and just make it look awesome from the very comes down when we need a black and white version, it might not work. And most of the time that's when you're going to need it. You're going to need it in a, a smaller, simpler form. So we try and start real simple and then build with layers on top of that. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear that process. And I think um, for any pastors or church leaders out there, it's great to l learn about the process so that you can make good decisions on, you know, what, what a good logo uh, or even a good designer um, would look like for your church. So in a very practical way, um, can you tell me what a what a logo should look like for a church? I know it's a it's a big a big question with a lot of different answers. But again, for a, for a pastor who's not a designer, 
Um, what should they look like, look for in a, in a good logo? Yeah, I think it should be really, honestly, it should be simple. Um, and and I, I don't think that it needs to have, I'm actually pretty confident that it doesn't need to be one of those things where you look at it and you're like, oh, I see the fivefold purpose of the church, and I see all of your um, core values and your mission statement just just bursting from this logo. Because we've had clients who want wanted to put too much into uh, a logo before, and it's really hard, and it really jumbles it up. So I say make it simple. You know, the best case example, which everybody uses these big um, – you know, case studies of, of why Apple has a great logo or why Nike has a great logo. And the truth of the matter is they're simple, and then they've built brand and meaning behind it. No one in their right mind looks at an Apple with a bite out of it and thinks that is a very innovative technology company. No one looks at the Nike swoosh and says, oh, athletic apparel and shoes. That you would not get that if you showed it to someone who had no context of Nike or Apple um, for the very first time. It's the brand and it's the images and it's the messaging that's built around it. So I would say if you're a church, go something really simple. Try not to be super uh, trendy in that moment. Try and go something a little bit more long-term and classic because trends are going to trends are gonna go pretty quick. Um, you're probably going to end up having to rechange or you'll update your logo every, you know, seven, eight years. You're probably going to want to look at it again, five years even. Um, but and that might just be a shift. That might not be a total rebrand. But if you go so heavy on what's so popular right now, very minimalistic or very complicated, or I just think of all the different logos, you know, trends that have come over the last 20 years. I mean, it's, it's been quite the spectrum. Um, but if you, if you dive too deep into one of those, you're probably not going to be happy with it two years down the road. Um, so I would say we always try and go real simple, real clean. Um, me personally, my personal theories and philosophy for a church is to have as masculine as a logo <laughs> as you can without being so, uh, so strong. Um, just because guys are harder to get to church, so let's draw them with something that they can relate to. If, you know, I had this discussion with a pastor one time where they said, well, it's mostly women that come to church. I was like, great, you already got them. So you don't need to, <laughs> you don't need to appeal to them. But let's make something that communicates to the guys who are sitting at home who the wives are trying to get them to come. And if it's a feminine-looking logo, if your website is full of flowers and whatnot, and they click on that, they're probably not going to want to go because they're not going to relate and connect to that. So let's go, let's go strong with, with lead with men. And, and that's not to be chauvinistic or anything, but that's just to say let's, let's go after the people who aren't naturally coming per the statistics. And I probably went off on a tangent there. Sorry about that. No, that was really insightful. I'm, I'm glad you went that way. That was very helpful. Thank you. Um, and then, uh, Chase, you're a pastor. So is there any advice you would give to pastors who are looking for a designer um, for a, a new logo? Is, is there something they should look for? Yeah, you know, I always I try to do this in the design work that I do, and I would look for it in any designer I was working with. You need, you need someone who has empathy, somebody who's willing to understand who you are and what, who the church is and, and what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, honestly, and I think this goes to what Adam's saying too, uh, if I was going to really invest somewhere, I would want to invest in, in uh, coming to a conviction about who I want the church to be and what I want the brand to say more than I would the actual artwork file of the logo that you get. I think Adam's exactly right. I mean, what's the story? The Nike logo was an art student they paid like 35 bucks for or something, and now it's one of the most valuable trademarks in the world. Uh, what's most important is that you have a deep conviction about who you are and what God is doing and that you find a designer who's willing to learn that and appreciate that and isn't just trying to come in and push a trend or an agenda on you but really wants to understand who you are. And the clearer that becomes, the better it's going to be working with the designer, the better the logo they're going to produce is going to be, the easier it's going to be for you to be able to share it and implement it with conviction. So at the end of the day, that discovery work, which is not the most fun work. When you say branding, everybody's thinking the end goal, give me the logo file. But that prep work of really understanding why you're doing what you're doing and how you're getting to that ultimate decision of the brand, that's the most important piece that unfortunately, if you just go looking for somebody with Photoshop to design a logo, you can miss that a lot of times. And that's really what makes all the difference. 
Yeah, very good. Uh, thanks again for sharing that. That's very insightful. And Adam, you had mentioned um, that a brand is is beyond a logo. It go, goes far beyond just creating a logo. Can you can you give us maybe three things, maybe four, whatever you think the the top things a church should do when they're creating a new brand? It might include a logo, maybe some other components. What are the top top things you'd recommend a church do when they're trying to brand themselves? Yeah, um, I would definitely say one of the strongest things and most important things is your your use of photography. One, I think it clearly uh, demonstrates all the different ministries and the life of the church in a, in a pretty clear way. Um, you can show life and excitement. It's hard to say, you know, uh, worship or kids ministry to someone who's maybe not familiar with the ministry, but if you show this kind of corporate mm-hmm. setting with, with music being played or you show uh, kids, you know, playing together and having fun, it can communicate a lot. So I think photography is uh, a big one. Um, I'm, I'm big on um, sermon series development and graphics. The number one thing that people are coming to and paying attention to at church is the message. And I think that's a way that you can consistently drive your brand um, and, and communicate. Um, I, I really like contextualizing sermon series, so uh, kind of think of it more as like movie posters. So if you're making uh, movie posters for your for your sermon series, what would that look like? It, you know, we all can identify with seeing a book cover or a movie poster to kind of get the vibe of, of what we're talking about. Um, I think that's a cultural thing, and I think that's a way that you can push your brand. Um, so photography uh your your way you contextualize your sermon series um and then your i think your language i think your language is a, a key thing you have that pulpit ministry that you can uh speak from you have um whether it be vi- announcements you have social media all those things are language usages that allow you to drive message home um you know we've all heard the churches that have great taglines or great phrases that they say and you say them enough and you start hearing your congregation say them and that what they say is kind of what they start to believe and who they become and what they tell others about so i think those are those are probably the three things i think if you really want to affect a brand and kind of a culture that's what i would focus on excellent i think that's that's all of those were awesome and i think it gives gives our pastors a, maybe something to look towards as they try to uh develop that brand. So thanks um, for sharing all that information just on logos and, and what is branding. Um, I guess uh, to wrap it up, what's the what's the future of brand cards? What's next? Yeah, well, uh, you know, one of the... Oh, go ahead, Adam. I was going to say, we're launching this thing out there in the wild, and yeah, we've got all of our current customers on there, and we're really looking to bring in um, a whole bunch of new uh, participants to help us get this thing uh, really developed and really launched. Um, I think it's going to be flexible as we move forward. We're really figuring out um, some uses that are even beyond what we initially thought. Um, and the whole thing is meant to be flexible so that churches and clients can use this their own way. It's not super rigid. It's meant so that they can push the communication type uh, things that they have out. Um, but that's that's kind of my initial guess for, uh, for where we're going. Chase, I'll let you jump in on that. Yeah, I was going to add one of the things we're excited to keep adding to is educational material because at the end of the day, somebody pulls up a screen and has files to choose from. And what is the difference between an EPS and an AI and a TIFF and a PNG and a JPEG? Like they need to know if they're going to pick the right one. So we're really excited to sort of try to build in video educational content, content around different file types and use cases and tools that sort of help with making those decisions. So uh, we really think that the platform itself, once you start using Using it, it's just going to become more and more valuable uh, the longer that you're on it, and the more that you sort of utilize it. Yeah, sounds sounds amazing. I can't wait. I think that's a huge the educational thing. I think is a really big even uh, even for a seasoned designer. Sometimes you kind of overlook something. Um, I think it's on your site. You had a, a video just about uh, there's a designer, top designer on there talking about designing logos. And uh, I remember watching it. He talked about the Nike logo. And, and so anyway, it was just really good to watch and just refresh myself on some of the 
concepts that are you know really good to just keep in in front of your mind as you're designing. Yeah, or or the fact there's like six different file formats for fonts. Okay, well, which one do you need for which case? Like, even as a designer, that stuff doesn't always get memorized. So just having those resources there to help with education is a big part of what we want to do. Excellent. So people can go to getbrandcards.com and sign up. There's actually a free account, right? You can get one, one uh, user for free? Yeah, you yeah can that's right. Multiple packages there. Yep. So there's multiple packages. You can, you can kind of choose the ones that you want, but you can start to use it and play around with it. And uh, um, that doesn't cost you anything to do that. So I'd encourage you to, to check that out. So thanks, guys. Um, is there anything that uh, we can tell our audience where they can continue to follow you? Is there a, uh, maybe a social media outlet? Or what's the best way to keep, uh, keep track of what's going on with brand cards? Yeah, you just go to getbrandcards.com, and at the bottom of the page are all the social media accounts rather than me just kind of rattling them off, but you can kind of do a direct link to those. And uh, keep connected with us. Sign up. Uh, like Michael said, you can get one brand, host one brand for free right now. So jump on there. Start playing with it. Let us know what you think, and we hopefully we can help uh, build the kingdom with brand cards. Excellent. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate you coming on. And Chase, thank you for your input on the kind of the pastoral and development side of things. That was really unique to have that. So I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having us. Yep, thanks. I am so thankful for Adam and Chase for coming on and sharing their knowledge with us um, on branding and, and what they've done with this brand cards software. The uh, web domain for brand cards is getbrandcards.com. So I came across this uh, several weeks ago, and it just was something where when I saw it, I was like, man, that is really great. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. I'm so glad that somebody thought about it. I think it's going to really help a lot of churches. The software is not really meant just for churches. It's really for agencies and other organizations. Um, but churches can really benefit from this as well. If you can lean into it and start to use it, I think uh, your church can benefit greatly from having uh, this this application working for you. So I'm, I'm thrilled that Adam came and shared, and uh, Chase as well. One of the resources I want to share with you is um, a book that I came across a while ago that has really helped to plant a seed in my heart and has led to this point today where we've got this podcast. The book is called Holy Discontent. It's a book by Bill Hybels, and uh, he writes in it about this thing called a holy discontent. And the big idea is um, when you find something in your life that bothers you to the point where you just have to do something about it, it's called your holy discontent. And uh, the, the idea is that you step into that, that, that God-given calling and start doing something about the issue that God has placed on your heart. Bill gives us an illustration of Popeye the Sailor Man, and uh, the idea is that Bluto comes around, and Bluto's pushing him around, and Popeye just kind of stands by and takes it all. But then when Bluto starts to mess with olive oil, Popeye's girl, well then Popeye says this line. He says, I've taken all I can stands, and I can't stands it no more. And then he eats some spinach, and then he takes care of Bluto, and saves his girl. So the idea is this. Your holy discontent is the thing that makes you say, I've taken all I can stands and I can't stands it no more and I have to do something about it. In my life that's been unpacking in the last several years. I've been working with churches one-on-one -on -one to help them begin to understand this whole branding thing. Uh, I see, I've, as a designer, I work with companies and I see how these companies use branding to sell products and services and it's a powerful tool that they use and they put a lot of money into uh, establishing a brand, a lot of effort and energy into creating a strong brand over the course of time. And then I work with churches and, and they just don't understand the same things that, that these companies understand about a brand. Um, and I want churches to understand that. It's become my holy discontent to begin to unpack what branding is so that churches can begin to uh, to step into it. And like I said, I've been doing it with churches on a kind of one-on-one -on -one basis for many years. And now, in 2016, God has given me a vision to take it into a bigger arena. So we started the podcast. Um, we've also uh, been speaking to different places. I've, I've got a book that it's not published yet, but it's, um, it's written on, on the idea of branding. 
and uh, just different uh, courses we've created. Uh, and uh, I think throughout the year, uh, we're just going to be getting into a lot more different things to help uh, lots of churches begin to understand what branding is. And uh, it's become the holy discontent that drives and fuels uh, our day-to-day actions to, to do stuff like this podcast and help churches begin to understand what, what branding is. So my challenge is that you would find your holy discontent. If you don't have it, if you don't know what that is, then begin to pray and ask God to reveal that to you. Um, get the book by Bill Hybels. It's called Holy Discontent. And uh, let, let God begin to speak to you about what that might look like in your life. So uh, once again, just um, the book is called Holy Discontent, and that's our resource for this week's podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to us. I'd love to hear from you. Um, let us know how the podcast has affected you, maybe some the resources on our website, maybe how that's affected you at churchbrandguide.com. And um, we've got a lot of resources out there, um, everything from surveys to questionnaires and um, just different diagrams and uh, just to help you begin to be better at branding your church. So make sure you have you check that out if you have not done that yet. But I, I really would like to hear from you so that I can be uh, um, just encouraged by how you are applying what we what we talk about and what we share with you. Uh, to help your your church uh, establish your brand. If you have a question, I'd love to hear that as well. In fact, I, I kind of have a question for you. Um, maybe you could reply in our in our comments area on the blog or maybe on the comments page. Uh, you could just send us uh, a contact form application letting me know the answer to this question. And the question is, what is it that frustrates you the most right now when it comes to establishing your brand? Let me know what that is. I'd love to reply and get back with you on that and see if I might be able to help you. Maybe give, give you some insights on, on that big question. And uh, hopefully this, this whole podcast has been super helpful and that you are making some great progress on your brand with your church and you're making a greater impact as a result of that. So thanks for joining me today and I will see you next time. 